Who the hell are you? I'm Peter Parker. It's not possible. I am Spider-Man in my world. But then yesterday, I was... I, I was just here. <laughs> you broke my Batmobile. Broke or made it better? Welcome everybody to Back in My Day. My name is David Petrangelo and this week the not-so-stereotypical millennials will be wrapping up our now multiple month journey through the Spider-Man movie saga, MCU, Sony, Mix saga with Spider-Man No Way Home. We will be giving our thoughts and reviewing that movie uh, beat by beat. This week I'm lucky enough to be joined by Michael R. Power, Ian Walter. All right, Ian Walter, we are going to go to you first. We are going to have a lot to cover here. You saw this movie months before me and Mike were able to, and you had your quick thoughts that you gave just after you saw the movie on our Patreon, and we've had a few people uh, that have listened to that, but now we're on our main feed. We have, I guess, more time or more flexibility around what we're going to talk about and voice to bounce off of, but you've been bottling this up with, right. with the three with, between the three of us for months now so lightning in a bottle lightning in a bottle overall thoughts and then we'll get the details later overall thoughts what did you feel about this movie i love this movie i've been <laughs> very vocal about my love for this movie but also you know patrons will know i gave my reactions and i was kind of worried after giving those reactions that i was going to come down off this high eventually and uh, upon rewatch maybe lose some of that uh, magic but it's only gotten stronger a couple times that i've seen it since and i just i love everything about it I, I love how they took the fantastical and the like 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 sim- similar to endgame but in a spider-man way they took things that you wouldn't imagine possible on paper and made them work on the big screen and that's kind of what i keep coming back to is like they found a way to weave it in such a way that it works as a trilogy capper for the Tom Holland Spider-Man. It also finds a way to pay homage, homage to, you know, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. So that, like, I had seen it when we were doing those rewatches too, right? So, like, I was seeing a lot of those connections and just loving it that much more for it. Um, so, yeah, just lots to talk about with this movie. I guess we're going to dive in. Just know that uh, I think it's incredible and it's easily top five MCU. Nice. Awesome. All right, Mike, um, you've seen this in the last few days like I have. Uh, what do you think? I also love this movie. You could probably guess. Um, this movie is perfect for us, for someone our age who's grown up with a Spider-Man movie. So there's no way I wasn't going to love this movie as someone who loves the character of Spider-Man. It writes a lot of the wrongs in the Spider-Man movies I don't like. And then it also um, you know, celebrates the things about the Spider-Man movies that I do like. And it does that in this Spider-Man trilogy, which I think, uh, safe to say, is the best Spider-Man franchise. I think overall, the quality of these three movies is better than any other Spider-Man franchise. I know Tobey Maguire only got two, but um, yeah, the movie is, is incredible. It's like Ian said, the fact that they pulled this off, what they pulled off, and we'll get into spoilers. This is probably a spoiler-heavy discussion, um, but the whole Spider-Verse of it, uh, the whole nostalgia of it, it's just 
it's just amazing. Just the emotions watching the movie were so high. And uh, yeah, it's like they pulled off, you know, the impossible. Um, And it works so well for us growing up with these movies. You know what I mean? And I wonder if it's going to work as well for someone who sits down and number one, hasn't seen the old, the older Spider-Man movies or like binges them. Yeah, Mike, don't call them old because that makes us feel older than well, we actually. Yeah, are. <laughs> I know. But although we're getting on twenty years, so <laughs> good twenty like, years from the original yeah, Spider-Man now. Yeah, yeah, we're old, man. We're old. So yeah, <laughs> it's. Not, <laughs> Dave doesn't want to admit it yet. <laughs> I don't. Not yet. Not yet, man. No. Um, now, now, hold but on. Before, perfect before, for back in my day, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's exactly why we're doing this, right? So, Mike, and I'm grateful. That this is this is a good. Sorry, it's like. Mm-hmm. You said it's like a really great, you know, culmination of everything. It's it feels like this impossible task that they, that you know, you sort of said a version of that, much like Endgame and the Avengers movies were. Now, do you think that this not necessarily surpasses that as a quote unquote better movie, or you like them better? That's not really what I'm asking. I guess what I'm asking is, do you think that this did a better job of bringing those things together than something like Endgame did, even though the journey there was different? Yeah, it's crazy. The MCU, what they're able to accomplish is things we've never seen in cinema before, which is connecting all these disparate movies, which seemed like a miracle at the time. But the thing about that is they controlled all of those movies and all those characters, and they had that vision to do that from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. What they did in this movie seems even more impossible and even harder to pull off, where those movies weren't set up to all be uh, one big cohesive franchise, but somehow they make it feel like they all belong in one movie. They bring them in, they do a little retconning or a little bit of um, creative writing, you know, to get them all. In, creative in, writing. They never class in, in grade six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's like my it creative writing project. could have failed miserably, six. right? Like, I think the potential yeah. to fail was even greater than something yes. like Endgame, right? It was, so, yeah, probably. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. Way, way harder to pull off more of an impressive feat, even though I didn't like it as the movie as much as probably Endgame. It's just, but the, the thing they pulled off is just incredible that you get to see these characters from these other movies that you grew up watching you know now in this movie it's it's amazing it's something it's again something you've never seen before i don't know how marvel keeps keeps doing this and giving us things we've never seen before in cinema and like these crazy ideas and pulling them off really really well so yeah that's partially why i love the movie so much okay so i am i am last i am third and uh number three Number, number three, uh, and and I saved my thoughts for last, or I guess I let you guys go first because for sure you enjoyed this movie more than I did, for sure. And I I anticipated that going in. I do not dislike this movie at all. I think it was so much friggin' fun. I thought it was so well done. But the nitpicks I have along the way are what held it back more for me than what I expected maybe I don't know if that if that fully makes sense but I had a good time with it I think it's one of the most emotional probably the most emotional Spider-Man movie there is for a lot of different reasons that are are based off of you know what we've seen in the MCU in the last whenever Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man came in but uh I do think that there's a little too much happening in this movie and I just, it, it it felt like as much as they tied everything together nicely with the movies that the MCU, you know, and Disney did not make. And I, and I liked the way that they did that part of it. 
I just think that there's just too much happening for its own good and it's just too goddamn long. It just needs to be tighter. There needs to be less happening. There needs to be less stakes. There needs to be, I don't know. Um, but but it also makes me more excited for the Doctor Strange movie than I even was from seeing the trailer. So there's a lot there to dig on and there's a lot to enjoy in this movie. I just don't think that it's like the greatest thing I've ever seen. Um, and maybe I wasn't, exp- I, I don't know if it's fair to even say that that's what my expectations should have been, but I, I, in, in some ways I expected more, even though I wanted it to be less, if that makes sense. Your expecta- um, the expectations were really high heading into this movie because you waited to see yeah. it. So you'd heard all probably all these amazing things about it. That happens a lot to me when I wait to see something. Yeah. That's why I prefer seeing something that I can like right when it comes out. But yeah, no, I get that, David. You're, you're like, um, you know, classically not the highest or the biggest MCU fan of the three of us. So yeah, it's definitely yeah. a movie that, you know, if you're in the bag for the MCU and the other Spider-Man movies, you're going to get that much more enjoyment out of it. And yeah, that's so yeah, we'll, correct, we'll, correct we'll talk about wrong. where it goes. Like we'll talk about where the, where the, where it could go once we get through the actual beats of the movie itself. We'll talk after that about where we think things might happen next, but I think, I think you guys are going to hate me for this for sure. But I do think that the movies aren't the best, clearly. But Andrew Garfield is, is to me, the most charismatic and best Spider-Man. I'm sorry, but he just is. Like, he's just, he's just more fun. He doesn't get the emotional beats like Tom Holland's does, especially in this movie, which he does a really good job with and are warranted. And I really enjoy But I just want more... I just think he's just a more charismatic actor and plays, especially the quirky Peter Parker stuff, a lot better than the other two ever did. Um, I just, I That's wanted amazing. more of him. I see. Yeah, it's amazing. You're amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's I, good. I, I love that. So I, I maybe it's just him as an actor. Maybe it's the way he portrays the character, whatever it is. But I want, now I want more of him. I honestly do. So it's I, good I though too because this movie is is very much a celebration of that it's a celebration yes. of spider-man overall spider-man as a character fundamentally and it allows you to kind of it embraces all the previous versions of spider-man in live action and allows you to kind of say you know you don't have to pit them against each other anymore they're all part of the yes. family and you can have your favorites whether it's going to be toby Maguire or tom holland and you know Dave, your choice of the Andrew Garfield is valid because, you know, everyone, they each had their era. And correct me if I'm wrong, the Homecoming and Far From Home weren't ranked very high on your list to begin with, right? Uh, Homecoming, I love. To me, I have to rewatch Homecoming. I may even like Homecoming more than this movie, honestly. Right. Um, But but Far Far From Home, I I don't really like. Yeah, so I think it's more so like if you were on board with where this trilogy was headed, this kind of really nailed it so uh, story like wise i'm story wise i'm fine with it i just for some reason i there's a lot of i don't know i just didn't have as much fun with far from home i just didn't think it was that great for me i didn't i didn't enjoy it like i did with the rest of the mcu and i definitely did not enjoy it compared to homecoming so i will um, say i'm yeah. excited to hear about the things that you that maybe some of the problems that you had with it as we get into it because yeah, let's let's get into it because I, I some yeah. of them will pop into my head as we talk about it for sure Well, I want to hear those things because I feel like Mike and I do have kind of these rose colored glasses when it comes to this stuff. So it's nice to hear some of the other side, someone like someone who's not as steeped in Spider-Man lore. Well, it's it's like it's like uh, us watching the Star Wars stuff, you know, like especially you and especially when we have Lauren on the show, like, you know, 
you guys are so much more knowledgeable with Star Wars. I just always have a good time with it. But Mike's sort of like the in-between and maybe doesn't love everything about it. And there's there's things that we go go with. And I'm kind of like that way with the MCU. So cool. at least at this point. I wasn't at first, but I am now. <laughs> All right. So let's start from the beginning. Let's uh, let's hit up the first act. Um, yeah, I really like the opening uh, because it basically picks up right where Far From Home left off. And it was very intense the way it was kind of uh, the broadcast again from J. Jonah Jameson. And you see... Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio character in his final final moments, throwing Spidey under the bus, literally, and uh, revealing his identity as Peter Parker. So that was that was pretty crazy because it, it thrust right into it. Like I felt it moved pretty quickly from this point onward. Yeah, uh, at, like yeah. from the very beginning and then into the whole like Doctor Strange of it all. But like the whole first sequence is him reconciling with this very quickly. And we, we had touched on this when we saw the trailer. Like, how are they going to get through this and still deal with like a Spider-Verse story? Yeah, how are they going to deal with it? Yeah. But it's very much a part of like the whole, the conflict is intertwined with him trying to get out of this new reality he finds himself in, right? So yeah, I thought it was a really cool and, way to uh, intro the story. Jameson basically being Alex Jones, <laughs> very clearly. <laughs> well, that was uh, That's what they were going for. I, I, I don't see it any other way myself. I was also I wondering know. how you guys felt like he's basically just a podcaster in his apartment. <laughs> like, well, he's, he starts that way. And then he, he starts that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He starts with doing that and having the green. They, they make sure to show you that he's just with a green screen behind him and like one camera. He's and always like a jerk, like a but they studio. made him even worse in this, in this, yeah. and like even more irredeemable than he ever has ever been. That I yeah. Think. But yeah, he still plays the, things, the character amazingly well. So yeah, the things that, so during the first act, I was kind of like, Ooh, and, and some in the second, act, I was like, Ooh, Spider-Man's making a, like Peter Parker's like doing a lot of dumb things and making a lot of dumb decisions. And like, I don't know if he would do that, but like, I forgive it all because it's in, it's, it's to get, to a certain it's in favor of the plot you know what i mean it's you have it's like you know anyways but i love what i loved with the first act was i loved how um the daredevil cameo yeah i was I gonna that. say it feels great. so it feels so marvel like you need a lawyer obviously it's daredevil and then the fact that it's the netflix charlie cox daredevil was i love that series it's like my second favorite like third favorite comic book series of all it's uh, so TV good. series of all time it's so good so then to you know, we, we already saw the Kingpin in Hawkeye, but then to legitimize that that series now firmly takes place in the MCU, I cannot wow. see Daredevil pop up again. In, in my the, my uh, favorite part about that is not only that he's there, but when he catches, I guess, the brick, I think that was the window. Say, awesome. Yeah, they, they don't know who he is, which is my favorite part, is that yeah. they have no idea that this and guy's like... How'd you do that? I'm a good lawyer. I'm a good lawyer. I love that he is just a lawyer to them. I think that is... That's what really brought that what three minute scene home. Because they all have secret identities, right? So he's just a lawyer until right. he's their devil. But anyways, and then yeah. I loved it. I love Peter having a problem and like going to Doctor Strange. That feels like a, spy, a monthly Spider Man comic to me. You know, like he has a problem and it's like this is an event. And he goes to Doctor Strange and they go on an adventure together. So like the way the spell comes about and like how he ruins it, it's kind of stupid. Like it is kind of like yeah, yeah. What are you doing? That moment but where he's very oh, clearly asking for too much. He's yeah. like, anybody who ever knew <laughs> yeah. that I was Spider-Man? And it's just like, it's like, okay, kid, like, just yeah. chill. Oh, this person, this person, this person. It's just yeah. like, oh my God. Like, see, yeah. that's what I, I didn't. But, but that there's ties in. Of, yeah, but there's that aspects That ties in the whole, like, like, be careful what you wish for kind of angle that they, okay. they approach with this whole thing. Right? I, I just, I just feel like it's too, 
it's way too on the nose. It's way too like like you just said. The, what about the this? Plot doesn't like, work this. unless he somehow ruins the spell. It has to be his fault, right? It has to be Peter's fault to ruin the spell to cause this. So like, I understand. It's like you know what? You just you're in it. It's comic book logic at this point. It's not like a Batman movie that's gritty realism. Like you're in the MCU. That's what makes it work. Like you've seen Thor Ragnarok, right? You've seen that movie where there's like yeah, but that's a, a rainbow bridge movie, and a giant wolf and a big like, but the same universe, right? So it's it's, it's it's comic yeah. book logic. It's the MCU. It's like established that. I guess. Like, I guess my point is when, when they're things. yeah, when they're more directly linked to stuff like Endgame, for example, or the Avengers, which he mentions multiple times in the movie. Like, it, sure, they're not grounded. It's still the comics. It's still comic book logic, like you said. But these movies are still smarter than that, to me. Like they're not dumb movies. The writing is well done. The world building and the character building is well done. I know that he's just a kid, but I still don't buy the fact that, you know, this guy's 18 years old or whatever he's supposed to be. And it's just like, it just feels like they're, they're reaching for a reason for him to screw it up. I don't know what the solution is. I don't know how else it's supposed to be his fault. Like you said, Mike, that does make sense. But it just that scene yeah, did not. It's, it's in favor of me. Right? Yeah, I was kind of eye rolling a little bit, but I was like, yeah. I know why, and there's no, and and it it works for the plot, so that that I can forgive it, right? So yeah, yeah. and also also he's asking for everyone to forget, but I don't know. Does does Doctor Strange have control over Mark Zuckerberg and Twitter? Like, isn't are well, is that's there what nine, I mean, yeah. not nine yeah, million? It's, it's videos a magical of thing that deals with peter parker as a person not like necessarily it's not like he's going into everyone it's more so he's erasing like peter parker's imprint on the world like you know what i mean it's it's just well, a it's magical... the connection between parker and spider-man that he's getting rid of right like, yeah that's... like spider-man still took part in Endgame yes. and all that stuff it's just 100%. that nobody yeah. nobody knows no, who Spider-Man like is. dave is right if you think about it for longer than 30 seconds it makes no goddamn well, sense which is why it's any... comic book logic and it's rushed in and it's like and at that point that's... At that, point, get on board. at that you point, I get had on board. two hours to think about it because we're only half an hour through this long movie. So, well, that's exactly <laughs> but right. But it is it like the whole quickly, magical yeah. properties part of it that like is cool. the the scapegoat, right? But yeah, I think it, was, it yeah. was you, Dave, when we were talking about the trailer, I believe, and I, I agree with you. Like we were speculating, how is he gonna? Why would Doctor Strange go to these lengths? So, like I thought it was gonna be more of a story of like. Um, you know, Peter Parker's loved ones are in immediate danger. And like, that, this is the only thing yes. that was going to like stop yes. it. So that would have been one of the areas where I think it could have been, could have used a little work. But I still, when you think about the story as a whole and you think about what was going on with Dr. Strange, because I, I still think there's something going on with him too. Yeah. Uh, he's okay. kind of off his game. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of teased well, that. He's no longer the Sorcerer Supreme, as we know. Well, yeah, true. And, <laughs> Maybe and, so that's and what it is. there's some <laughs> other weird stuff going on with him, as we see from the Multiverse of Madness trailer too, sure. right? So there's yeah. Yeah. there's a lot going on with Dr. Strange. So maybe he's just trying to do like this little bit of good amidst all this crazy and madness that he's Honestly, Mr. Strange is, uh, he's an asshole. Like, what is go what's his problem? Is it because he's too cold? Like, what's going on here? Like, why is he such a dick? He is holding a mug that has a devil on it. I'm just saying. Bring oh, yeah. The mug, the mug said something funny, too. It was, it was a clever, clever little saying on it, too. Yeah. Um, anyways, that, that, that's, I think that's the gist of, of the, the first act part that, that didn't work for me. I still, I like how it picks up, like, immediately. I love when movies do that. Um, you have a several years in between movies but you're not missing a beat, 
right? Yeah. Like you are there for the whole journey. So I really like that. I like when movies do that and it really works for this one. So I just want to say about the Daredevil cameo because Power, I noticed you being a little humble there. I teased in my initial reaction to No Way Home that you were holding out on us. You didn't tell us that you had a cameo in this movie and you had three separate lines in it now you got to tell me were you on location for the filming of no way home or were you just doing a voiceover because when you yelled mysterio forever multiple times and especially when when matt murdoch catches the brick i was like wow i can't believe you kept that from us that's so rude of you (laughs) how dare you mike i love mysterio mysterio forever (laughs) that was me i thought we were friends mike world it's out there now that was my cameo in the movie that's right. No, the, uh, but then, so then I guess the last thing, the first act that happens is, well, the spell goes bad. And it's they held this back from the trailers, the exactly what went bad. But uh, Peter Parker ruined the spell, and it started pulling in everyone from all the other multiverses that knew who Spider-Man was. So that's how they got all the villains into, yeah, that's how it got the villains into this universe. So. That was a cool, clever way to like pull the villains in. And the first villain we see, obviously, is Dr. Octopus. That was given away in the trailer. And uh, it was a really cool fight scene on the bridge. I like that. And uh, just my favorite villain, Spider-Man 2, my favorite Spider-Man movie, and my favorite villain comes back. It had so that, that good was flavor, cool. right? Was, it had the good yeah. flavor from Spider-Man 2 when like the arms start shaking the bridge mm-hmm. and like start to wreck shit. And you're just like, whoa. like pull, Pulling up from the bottom and like it, grabbing. It felt like a Raimi sequence when it was kind of like a close up on the action. Like it was, yeah. it was cool. Yeah, for sure. And I like, you know, they, um, is it in, is it in one or two Spider-Man when there's another, isn't there another bridge scene or is it, oh no, it's actually in the Andrew Garfield uh, the first one where he gra- has to grab a car that's falling that's off right. the bridge. Yeah. So he, there's a very similar feel to that. And, you know, I, I liked, I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but, um, but I like when that, I don't know what it is that, that part of the scene worked for me. The part that didn't was the whole like nanotechnology thing. It's just like, I Oh, you have, you have nanotechnology. Nano and then brutal. it just like, yeah. go like, I love the way it works. I love the way it looks. It's cool. But he's just like, oh, you have nanotechnology, and then he just starts like controlling it from his from his crotch uh, belt, whatever thing there. I'm just like, oh, okay. I love that because he got ripped from like the early 2000s when we weren't really messing around with any of that, and it just kind of it it played for me. Like it, it tracks, and, and they needed a way to encounter these villains briefly and then get them all together in the in the they, dungeon. They needed right? a so way, yeah. So they found a way for Spider Man to control them. So I, yeah. I, I kind of, I, and I do like what they did with it as it went on. It's a little bit humorous, you know, how he, how he controls him and wraps himself in, in the, in the arms and everything. So I, that part of it's fine. It's just the scene when they introduced that concept just didn't, that, that back and forth didn't yeah. really work so much. And I want to say, I got, I actually got chills when he, you know, he finally rescues the MIT woman and basically she's just like, you're a hero. Like I, when she said that, like I could really feel it. Um, that like that he was more than just like this kid running around in a mask. Like I don't know. It's just like it, it really felt like a nice hero moment. And I'm glad you brought up MIT because the other thing in the in the, the first act that's really important is that you know uh, Peter Parker being outed as Spider Man has sort of like ruined his friends' life, his friends' lives. And you know none of them get into school, none of or university, none of them gotten, can get into MIT. They have the grades, but because they know Spider Man, so it's like it's that tragic Spider Man story coming back again, which I love about this movie is that they gave that they brought that to the front more than the other Spider Man movies, uh, Tom Holland movies. Sorry, uh, where it's like 
everything in his life, being Spider-Man ruins every other aspect of every other aspect of his life. That's true to the Spider-Man character and it's ruining his friends' lives in this one. And that's why he wants to spell. Yeah. So that, that's the that's, emotional part that worked the most for me was that he yeah. consistently says, and he says this to the MIT, um, whatever, I can't remember what her position was, but, um, and he says it to multiple people is just like, this isn't about me. He says, it, I think he says it's the strange as well. It's like, this isn't about me. This is about my friends. This is about my family. Like, he is already realizing, like you've said, Mike, multiple times, and like it is just part of his character. He's realizing multiple times that he needs to make sacrifices. You know, he's just a kid, but he he gets it. And I think there's something about, you know, his girlfriend and his best friend being so involved in this. And obviously, Happy and May are all, all wrapped up in it, too. But a lot of it has to do with his friend and his girlfriend, right? And I, I, I don't know. It's It works. That, that part, it's a little bit different. The one it's been in the other movies, and I like how that's a little bit different. I, I I think that's that was a really great way of changing it, but also keeping the messaging and the feeling about it the same as well. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I'll touch on it as on it as we go, but I think the reason for me that I can forgive the whole reason behind why Strange gets involved and why the, the spell is used is because when we start to talk about consequences and like yes, be careful what you wish for, you just might get it. Like he actually gets what he wants but it ends up backfiring miserably as we get into it so it's like that's kind of where i can kind of forgive some of the early choices because of this the stuff we get later on is really powerful yeah. so my favorite part of uh of the first act has nothing to do with any story whatsoever but it is a callback to uh a really i think 30 year old now 35 year old beastie boys song when flash runs into the store where they're all opening up their mit letters and he says I think he says no sleep till Boston or something like that, mm -hmm. which is a callback to the no sleep till Brooklyn song, which I think is where they currently are in Brooklyn as well. And um, anything Beastie Boys, I'm all for it. So that was my favorite part of the first half of the movie. <laughs> nice, nice pickup. One of yeah, the early and, shots. And... Did you guys see the Delmar three? <laughs> There's oh. like a third location of Delmar's best sandwiches in New York. No way. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, so I guess the Green Goblin shows up, and then we get you know into the second act where you know Green Goblin, Lizard, all the old villains show up, and Doctor Strange. He's caught some of them. Uh, he sort of explains to Peter what we've been talking about about how why they're there, and he sort of sends uh, uh, Spider-Man his, and his friends on a mission of like you know ma uh, magically enhance your web shooters with some yada yada magic and you can yeah, go yeah, round up yeah. the villains, put them in my magic jail, and then we'll send them back to where they came from. Right. And yeah. I love how he's such a dick about it. He's like, you go figure it out. But it's like, man, you're also the one that's here. Scooby do this like, shit. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Scooby do this shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, MJ yeah. calls him out too. Right. She's like, yeah. wait, isn't this your fault? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, why don't that. you help us? <laughs> he doesn't yeah. really have a real, a real answer for it, but it's a fair question. <laughs> and it's a good way to bring, um, Zendaya and MJ and, and Ned, um, you know, into the mix and get them something to do, like be yeah. his sidekicks who are in. There yeah, I think them. they were. I think they were really good in this movie. I think yeah, they, they their characters well. really worked for sure. Um, and 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 them being involved also adds to the the emotion of it all too because they're just they're almost. I mean, they're firsthand involved in what's happening, right? So I yeah, that, the only thing complaint I have is the weight of all these moments. So after that, you know, he has the lizard. He has he has Doctor Octopus. Um, and then after that, he goes and tries to get um, Electro and Sandman show up. The only yeah. gripe I have with any of this is that this was all 
this was all spoiled for me by the trailer. That's yeah, the most annoying. I know. If this yeah. was a secret and I'd just seen it for the first time, it was like, what, Dr. Octopus is here? And, and then you're just like, that's crazy. They brought him in. What, Lizard is here? Oh, my God. And then it's like, and Electro and Sandman. But like, I was just waiting for it all, which was yeah. kind of How are they going to come annoying. in, right? Rather yeah. than are they? Yeah. 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 They should have done the trailers with Doctor Strange stuff, the Spider-Verse tease, and then maybe the pumpkin bomb and just left it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Or, or even yeah, like just maybe one or two of them, and that, and just leave it. But even the posters, like everyone's, you know, all these pictures of the post, like that's all you needed, right? Which is unfortunate. But I do like the scene when he does uh, bump into Electro and Sandman. What I like about it is not necessarily like just how they found each other, or whatever. Seeing Spider-Man not in the city is cool to me. Mm-hmm. Not seeing him have to swing on buildings and and swing between the taxis and all this kind of stuff, like seeing him in a different environment, not because I want to see him swing on different things specifically, but it's just, I don't know what it is. I just, something different with the character is fun to me. Um, And I know generally it's New York city, it's Brooklyn, it's all of that stuff. So that's totally fine. I'm great. Stay there. That's okay. But the fact that he had to go find them outside of the city to me was fun. I like that. So, uh, you know, you mentioned Doctor Strange finds the lizard and then Peter finds Doctor Octopus. Now he's going to find Electro. So, you know, the lizard just pretty much treats the lizard the whole time. Doctor Octopus is classic. One of the greatest yeah. villains. Great to see him back. What did you guys think of Electro this time around? It makes no sense that he, like, looks different and stuff, but I'll forgive it because he looks cooler and better. And he's just a better character in this movie than he ever was in the Andrew Garfield movies. So they kind of, this is what I mean, they kind of like re, re got to redo a lot of their mistakes from especially the Andrew Garfield movies and really bring that character like up in my books. I thought it was and, a very comic book moment so. actually because he's he's a multiversal character, right? So he's coming into a new world and because he feeds off power, he's feeding off different power and therefore can generate a different physique. I thought I, it was I, really, really cool. I like kind of like Superman way. drawing power from the sun kind of deal, but like yeah. in a I way like... I, in a comic book way where you have variants and you have different versions of characters, you draw them differently and he's in a different world now. So you can be drawn differently in that kind of way. Yeah, so like I said, it did presumably... bother me because they use this movie to get all of the things that they got wrong from previous movies. Even yeah. in the movies I liked, even in the very first Spider-Man movie, we all admit that Green Goblin's outfit is stupid is the terrible Power Ranger outfit. And what do they do in this movie? He deliberately smashes it with a rock. You yeah, know, right. Like, first thing do. Yeah. I love so, that. So they, they did, they did scene, all yeah. these, they did all these things. They're like, you know what? If it doesn't make sense, who cares? We're going to do it for the fans. And we're going to show Electro how like people, people actually want to see him. We're going to show Green Goblin how, you know, he's meant to be seen. And it's like, you forgive it. Cause you're like, yeah, it's better this way. <laughs> you know, but I love how <laughs> when he finally gets that kind of yellow electric energy, you kind of see the mask form on his face. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. At the end. Yeah. You see it kind of go around his head and everything. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and he hates the forest. I like that moment too, because yeah. it kind of makes sense. If there were no power lines out there at all, he would really have nothing to like cling on to. Right. So just yeah. Be like, yeah, I can see why he would hate the forest. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's, he's, fine i mean it uh, to me it doesn't like make him drastically better or anything but it's to me yeah, the, it's fine. the star the star of the movie other than the spider-man is um uh, the green goblin 
Is yeah, but I, I think that's on purpose. Friend. I think they really focus on him for that reason. I think yeah. everybody knows that as fans and the people who made the movie, they, they know that. They know that he's, like we've said before, he is the perfect casting. He is the perfect character. He has the intensity. He has the range, like all of that stuff. I, I think they're well aware that that's what everyone wanted to see. And I think they did a great job with him too in this. I think it was he's the core was... conflict of the movie. He's the character that it all hinges on. And yeah, um, yeah so Spider Man gets Electro, and he captures and Sandman. Sandman. Is but then the, the same way he gets Clint Marco, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have to fight. You know, they have to do the action scene there. But then the way he gets Green Goblin is totally different, right? Green Goblin is playing his dual personality. He's yeah. playing his Norman Osborn. He's getting sympathy from Aunt May. And I I love I love that scene. That's a great scene. That's a great that's where a he great goes into, uh, into feast. Yeah. Did you yeah. guys notice he was just stealing bagels in the background? Yeah, he's <laughs> one in his pocket. Yeah, I saw that. That was good. <laughs> uh, no, all the villains for me worked in this movie because you could clearly tell each of their motivations, and they had very distinct motivations. Like it was just like they all had something they wanted differently. It's not just like a paint by numbers. Like if this was like Sony doing a Sinister Six movie, I'm sure they would all have their introductory scene and they would all want to kill Spider-Man and would all be very one note. Here, everyone actually has, even the ridiculousness of Jamie Foxx's Electro has his own motivation as what he wants to do in this new world. And even Dr. Octopus is not even that evil, right? He's actually the doctor. Yeah, he's... Which I liked. Yeah. I like that he, he right. ends up being, he's a little bit of the middle ground. And then you're kind of like, oh, yeah, no, I think he actually will be the good guy or the good one of them. And, and that ends up ends up happening. I, I just didn't, like, we're getting to the scene where they're all in Happy's condo and they start sort of doing everything. When I, I just don't know if I buy the quick turnaround that when Goblin takes over and basically convinces the two others go against spider-man i i don't i feel it felt like it was just a little too quick the thing like, yeah the, i didn't buy things... i didn't buy sandman i didn't buy sandman believing it and i know doc ock was kind of on the fence and didn't really believe it i get that but other than that i was like this is happening way too fast to convince these others like they didn't there wasn't enough questioning questioning right. for me like they, they didn't seem to be against what was happening and then within one monologue it's like oh yeah no i completely changed my mind the thing that bothered me, like the part that I was kind of like, but I, I like I said, I forgave all the potholes because it it was for a reason. Is he gets all the villains in in the, the magical jail, and Doctor Strange is getting ready to send them back, right? Yeah. And this is what makes Spider Man a hero. He does he figures out that they all die from Spider Man, but and then he doesn't want to send them back, right? He wants to fix them, and the way they decide that he's going to fix them, he's just going to like take away all their powers, right? But if you just think about that for more than like a couple of seconds, like how is that going to save their lives? It doesn't really make, make any it, sense. It's going to make it worse. They're going to die yeah, exactly. easier. Like, that's no, that's what I thought. It's because never explained about, why saving their powers like, because if you think about is good, it, save their lives, is it going to redeem them, is it going to make them turn good. It, do, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. But it makes sense for the character, for the plot of like, you need to make Spider-Man the hero. You need to make them a reason to get the villains out. Like it's the best way. I, I can't think of any better way to do this all and to to kind of make the plot move forward of you know him him trying to save the villains and there's no other way really so i guess it's i don't know Ian, maybe you have a well the way i see it it's like spider-man we know 
him and, and Batman as well. Like there's certain heroes they're not out to necessarily kill anybody. They're not Punisher. You know, they're they're basically fighting for what's right and they will fight and they will keep getting back up, but they will not uh, go that they will not push too far to that point. So it's always the villains who get too big for their own britches, too lust for power, they end up bringing death upon themselves because of their mania like they just they always get too big for their own good and go too far and it ends up biting them in the ass and spider-man's just kind of there and involved but he never like is the one landing the killing blow so if you look at all of them it's like goblin gets killed by his own glider like you know uh electro i believe he just blew up because he got too like he got overloaded right so it's Mm -hmm. just like it's like all these things and whereas if they had a change of heart they would immediately power down and not want to engage in that same level of fight. So when they get put back in their world, they have no longer a need to kill Spider-Man. So that I understand. That for sure makes sense. My my only issue with that is they explain each of them, tells their story of how they just com- they forget what's going on suddenly. And they forget at the moment that they're about to die. So presumably, maybe I'm wrong, but presumably they return to the moment that they're about to die. So if Electro is about to blow up and Goblin's about to be stabbed without having any powers, how does that save your life? That's what I don't. That's what I don't get. Yeah, but it's it's it is kind of yeah, you're muted. Yeah, but... you're muted. Just saying that uh, Goblin hopes that the glider is going to hit Peter, right? So if if he gets back to that moment and he just doesn't want the glider to hit Peter, then it won't end up hitting himself. I, I, yeah, kinda, I guess what I'm same thinking way is that it's like with a all of them. second. It's like yeah, right I mean, there. again, we're <laughs> talking about like magic, you know? Yeah, exactly. And all this kind oh, yeah. of stuff. Like, like, so yeah, I'll buy that. But so he's so his idea of having to save them is like cure them from all their powers, right? Okay, yeah, I understand the, that part. Yeah, the thing that he does that is probably the worst decision that I was scratching my head at is like, I'm going to cure them all their powers. They're in like a basement sort of laboratory where they're all concealed, like trapped in their prisons. Like, just work on fixing them there. But instead, he chooses to take all of these six super villains out of their prison to like the home with his with all these people. And his Aunt May. Like that decision is just it's it, it it's there because they wanted the moment with May. So it's there for the plot, and it, there was no other way to do it. But it really doesn't again, it makes no sense from Spider-Man's perspective to do that. And he wanted the thing that Happy had in his apartment. We'll just bring it to you have magic. Just bring it to the you like have, there's no Yeah, you basically you have, have magic strength. Just pick it up and bring yeah, it with exactly. you. Exactly. Like, bust it out the window. No one's gonna notice. Like who no, cares? No one like, is that stupid to let them yeah, all out of like, their jails. Let's, instead anyways. of having this giant underground secret lair, basically, like the back yeah. cave, let's bring him to this six hundred square foot. Highly condo. populated yeah. condo building yeah. with my aunt. <laughs> like, on the on the thirty fifth floor. Five super villains. Like, yeah. <laughs> Although let's not gloss over the kind of urgency that led him to that decision, which was the the battle with Doctor Strange, which I thought was visually incredible, yeah, that was a great fight, and a, a call back to like the Doctor Strange film and the whole like mirror dimension, and then the fact that he's like using math to beat him and then leaves him what hanging over to Grand Canyon for like twelve hours. Um, so like all that stuff was really fun, and that was a great was sequence between Spider Man and Doctor Strange, which I loved. So I I can understand him wanting to kind of 
move it out of his place because he doesn't know maybe when Doctor Strange is going to return. Because Doctor Strange seemed convicted on just let them die. Like, they're just villains. Let them go. They're going to go, and that that's their fate. Like, and that's an angle. That's definitely, like, I can understand the way he would think about that, like, from a multiversal perspective. But Peter Parker, he's always going to do the right thing. He's always going to. And that's coming, again, from Aunt May, which is also really powerful as we kind of head towards the third act, right? Yeah, so what, what did you guys what did you guys think of the, the May well, scene? Everything I mean, else that happens in the movie from here on out is where I love everything that happens from here on out. I was in love with the movie from here on out. Before, I was like thinking about those decisions and being like, why is he making these really dumb decisions? But then I would see the payoff later. I'd be like, okay, you know, that is for the plot. I can accept it. And, um, you know, that whole letting them into the condo involving May, that's to get to the moment. That's to get to the great power, great responsibility moment, which we haven't had yet in this version of Spider-Man. Uncle Aunt May is sort of his Uncle Ben in this trilogy. Turns out, we said it was going to be Tony Stark before, but it actually turns out, it's Aunt May. His decisions lead to her death, and then she does the the line. She actually does it the right way, you know. The actual, um, the yeah. actual way, yeah. Way it's did, so did you comics. did you like the moment? Did you find it uh, that the emotional punch of it worked for you, or? Yeah, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, I thought the fight with Green Goblin was like freaking one of the coolest Spider-Man fights ever. It was, he was cool, so yeah. much more powerful, so much more menacing in this movie. He's ever He's been like, intense. He's like power. extra He's intense. intense. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it, it is, all right? paid off for me. So we talked about in we our coverage of the original Spider-Man film. Uh, I think Dave, you mentioned it too. So it's just like, why waste all that talent behind the Power Rangers mask? Yeah. You've got an, a, like a menacing actor, the most expressive of, face you could possibly the, think. Yeah, of. emotive face, <laughs> it's so expressive. And so now, when you see, you know, he's taking punches from Peter Parker, and he just looks crazy. Yep. His eyes are wild. He's laughing like almost like a Joker, the Joker would, like yeah. while he's taking the punches. Everything about that sequence was amazing for me. And uh, Dave, say what you will about their decisions leading into that, like when he turns. But I bought it because it's the Goblin, and that's just like I'm a Goblin yeah. head. Like it's just like the I, second. I buy him um, turning. That makes sense. It's yeah, the other like, ones that I didn't. The sec- but but you got to like the second Octavius said something about. Um, Oh, like the other you's gone or something like that. Like, it, like I'm paraphrasing, but you could kind of see that tick just go off, and you're just like, no, he's not gone. Like I am the goblin, and and then on top of that, um, Electro was waiting for a moment. Like he he was a, a, a powder keg. Like he was just a ticking time bomb. And the second that that sort of moment happened, where he's like, oh, we don't have to to go with this this boy's plan. Like we don't have to go back home. Like. Because he, he was kind of balancing the idea, like, I want power, but also this wizard is going to kill me. But here's this opportunity now to get back into, like, that villain lane, and he just kind of took it. The other ones, I don't think they were really on board. Like, Otto Octavius got fought, ended off. And Flint Marco, he just wanted to press the button. He didn't care about the other villains. He just wanted to get back home to his daughter. So then there was a lot of fighting them, then he starts fighting them at the end, and I'm just like, why are you fighting them? Like, I, that that's why. His... his thing was like i want to be yeah like i want to go see my daughter again i want to be human again i understand that motivation but then why are you fighting them that's what they're trying to do to you like that that's why his thing especially didn't work for me i totally get ox that he was not really on board um but sandman's i i didn't buy for a second i had i had no no reason to believe that he wanted to fight 
any of the Spider-Men until they started punching him. You know what I mean? Or going after him. It's like, I thought that's what you wanted. Yeah. That's what yeah. you said from the beginning. And like, the lizard even said, like, okay, so you press the button, send us all back, and we die, or we, like, pretend to go along with your plan. Not much of a choice, right? So it just proves, like, him bringing them out. He could never really have trusted them. He didn't really give them much of a choice. So it's, 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 but I think, it, I think it's supposed to be a bad, dumb decision because much like how, you know, his decision leads to, his bad, dumb decision leads to Uncle Ben's death, you know, a bad, dumb decision leads to Aunt May's death. So that's why you can kind of like, it's for the plot, right? So it's or a dumb- complicated one, a complicated decision. Like, I don't know that it's yeah. fully dumb. Like you can see and believe, like I think you guys both said, like he's trying to be a good person. He's mm-hmm. trying to do things that are good, do good with his power and with his responsibility, whether he gets that line before or after that or not. Like he's trying to make something of what he's gotten to at this point. And yeah. I don't know that it's Still, fully dumb. It's just questionable. I guess is what it the, is. And the the only thing negative I have about the great power, great responsibility is like it's like they're tr- like it's almost like this movie is trying to reset Spider-Man, like do his origin story, so that at the end of the movie they can finally do a real Spider-Man movie. Because even though I do like these Spider-Man movies, none of them feel like the real traditional Spider-Man movie. He always has that nanotech suit. He's like part of the Avengers. He's always part of a bigger team. There's always different heroes coming in. A true Spider-Man movie is more like the Tobey Maguire ones, where he's more on his own. He's struggling doesn't have money his life's falling apart exactly what they've done and they but they give him the great power responsibility line after he's already been a hero and saved the universe like a couple times so it's kind of like eh, he doesn't really need to learn that lesson does he i don't know so it's it doesn't work quite as well as it does in the in an origin story where it sets his whole career spider-man you know he learns it once and it's it sets him on his whole career this is like he's learning it later but he already is a hero he already saved the universe it's but I understand they want to get in there. So. See, what I appreciated from our rewatches is like there's clear moments that define who Spider-Man is, and the Uncle Ben moment is the number one. But that that was heavy tribute in in the Sam Raimi trilogy, and yes, it was touched on in Andrew Garfield. But even I mentioned during our coverage of that one, it felt like Gwen's death was more like the thing that defined him, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas now, the thing that's defining Tom Holland's Spider-Man, maybe it took three movies to get there. But the thing that's defining Tom Holland's Spider-Man is Aunt May's death. Now, you could argue that the Tony Stark one was a big one for him because of his relationship with him. But at the same time, it wasn't like his death was a consequence. Like, it's not like his death was a consequence of Peter's actions, whereas Aunt May's directly is. And therefore, he has to carry that with him going forward. And that has to haunt him. So even though nobody knows who he is, he still will never get Aunt May back. Unless he makes a deal with Mephisto, and that's for another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, so, so then, all right, so that's the second uh, act. You know, and then the third act, boom, this is where it happens. They, Ned uses the magical ring. He wants to find Peter. And who does he find instead? A Peter, but not the one he wants to find. He finds Tobey Maguire back in the movie. And this was like the whole, or it was Andrew Garfield first. Andrew Garfield first. Andrew Garfield. Yes. And this is what yes. I want to ask you guys, because I'm curious. Did they do it in the right order? Did it pay off for you? How was that delivery? Especially if you might have been spoiled online by this point. Because I know it wasn't spoiled for me, so both of those moments were just incredible. Yeah, I know. I I think me and Mike both knew they were coming. How they were coming is a different story. Again, this this scene almost in particular is, and the scene that we'll get to when when they're talking about, you know, before the big fight at the end. Um, This is one of the scenes in particular why Andrew Garfield's quirkiness, wittiness, delivery, 
all of that stuff makes him to me the most charismatic one because the whole thing with him can you grab the cobweb can you show me that you're really spider-man like all those things i don't think would work the same for the other two actors like i think he's the one that can pull that off and maybe they're trying to redeem him a bit maybe they're trying a little harder to make people like him better i don't know what it might Mm -hmm. be but that's all i needed to see was that was that scene to be like yeah no that solidifies the fact to me it worked that he was first because they gave him more time and i wanted to see more of him yeah so yeah i think i think they nailed it i think that i will agree he was a very uh, well casted he's a very good actor he just was in the worst movies yeah so he yeah. needs to be redeemed the most so you had to give him the most lines and the most screen time in this movie i think to appreciate his character more and yeah. let him kind of like actually properly be the character of spider-man which he never got to be because those movies were written so poorly so that's what i liked about it too and i think it was perfect to have him in because yeah he is still sort of seemingly younger and still kind of like quirky he's the he's the middle age right he's the wire spider-man seems Spider-Man. like <laughs> the stoic wise old spider-man see would not the comedy scene wouldn't work with him he's more of a like you know the older yeah the older spider-man who's seen yeah. a lot but his but his, his entrance worked too i think i like it did I work. His entrance. yeah it was yeah. awesome but it's it funny because awesome. he comes in you know like you just looking like a, the average joe yeah. off the street kind of thing right like he really <laughs> just looks like the average person and i think they're they're really forcing that like they're doing that on purpose and i think it yeah. works but i want to know ian not having had it spoiled like how was that moment in the theater where people hooting and Honestly, hollering and were you just taken aback and- yeah it was incredible like i think there was a little bit of a like a fan service with the the daredevil and matt murdoch reveal like it was kind of like oh wow it's daredevil but this was way more because it had built up to this point and we weren't sure even with the rumors like are we going to get them are they just going to be a cameo is it going to be something teasing to something else because like really even at this point going and heading into the third act you don't know how that's going to play if they do show up how how is it going to seem like it fits and it did. I don't know. The second he does, and then it's Ned's family, and you know, we we learn that Ned can do magic, and Ned's Lola is there, and it's just like, like everything about it. Like, oh yeah, show us your your Spider Man, like crawling the wall or crawling the ceiling, that kind of stuff. He's just holding on to the ceiling. Yeah, he's holding <laughs> to the ceiling. It's like, is this not enough? I don't understand. I don't. What? Why isn't this enough? <laughs> yeah, and I agree I mean, with both of you in that Andrew Garfield, like he needed this was a much needed redemption for him because not, not like he didn't give great performances, but he only got two movies. He never got to see the yep. fulfillment of a trilogy or anything like that. So this was like, whether he does ever return to do anything else as Spider-Man, like this was like his happy send off. Yeah. Um, nice little. It's for him and Tobey Maguire. Cause both of their, like Tobey Maguire, even though he had those two amazing movies, the third movie was so bad, like so way worse than even the Andrew Garfield ones, right? Yeah, so it was, to have yeah. them both be able to come back and like play this character again and you know redeem redeem themselves because they're they're both great actors, they're both great portrayals of Spider Man. Just the movies, the last movies they were in were terrible, and that's yeah. not their fault. And so you know, I think Kevin Feige or whatever, and like to do that for them, to do that to the actors, you know. Yeah, uh, and that's why I was wondering awesome. what you felt about the order because, you know, once Andrew Garfield shows up, the cat's out of the bag. You know the next one's going to be Tobey Maguire. But I think that just adds to it because, you know, like you're ready for it and you're excited. And they're both very great moments. And I, I love the little pieces. I mean, it's a little later, but uh, anytime they touch on what they've been up to, I kind of love that. Like I love imagining what they've been doing 
all this time and like you you know that andrew garfield is like the darkest timeline of spider-man and um and then like uh toby wire he figured it out he got back with mj and all this stuff like but it's so complicated with mj yeah all those moments i love that (laughs) i loved those moments especially after watching these movies like oh so yeah so moving the plot lines we find them but they i love how they give them a lot of long extended scenes together to banter with each other and act off each other and catch up with them and you know ask the things that if the spider-man together, the like, fans would want to know you know we'd want them to ask each other like oh your webbing comes out of your wrist that's gross right like that kind best. of stuff and it's like how do you then, how do you make it he goes i, I just i try not to think about it like <laughs> you ever had a web clog the big internet <laughs> meme you know they made it happen yeah. naturally i found yeah. so it did. I, yeah it was really it was really quick but it happened it was really quick but it happened that was hilarious all of that <laughs> stuff amazing and then and then the final fight scene to happen the statue of liberty um, where they now have to capture all the villains. They have to work together. You get like, you know, a Sinister Five. You know, they could just add one more villain and make Sinister Six. Like, I don't know why they didn't do that, but you get the Sinister Five. You get the uh, big showdown and like the way they work together. Uh, the, the, the action scene is incredible. You know, Doctor Strange comes in at the end. So what, what did you guys think of the very final set piece, you know, the action and, and how it sort of wrapped up? The, the best part was them before the fight. Like to me, that was the best part by far was them talking, was, you know, Andrew Garfield's uh, Spider-Man cracking his back. Like, just like that. They stay in that moment so long. (laughs) And it's just so funny because, I I don't know. I just, I like that. That was the, that was the, that and the scene where they're introduced, like we just talked about, are, are the two, my two favorite parts of the movie, by far. The action's cool and everything, but like you just said, Mike, the way that they gave them the extended time together, the fact that they they plant the seed, hey, come get me at the Statue of Liberty. Like, you know, he calls into the, I was going to say into the Alex Jones show, but pretty much um, egging them on to come get them. Now they got time to kill. So the time that they kill, they talk about the webbing. They talk about what they've been up to. He cracks his back. Like they prepare, they stretch. Like all these things are just, that that. Is like a and the lab scene like too. Perfect the lab scene. Oh, the lab scene was great. The, yeah. and, lab and, scene's really good. Yeah. And Ned was asking uh, Toby if he had a best friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wanted to know everybody's best friend story. Like, like, yeah, he, he, you know, he died in my arms after trying to kill me. Like, <laughs> just like, and then, and then uh, Ned, because Ned leads the character in the comics, actually becomes a hobgoblin at some point, right? So he's just oh, like. Shit. Yeah, oh, so he, he? Okay. so he's like promising, like I promise, Peter, I won't yeah. become a supervillain. Yeah, like it's yeah. so and he's just looking at him like, what? All of that was amazing. <laughs> my my favorite, uh, actually, let's see. I was hear from Ian what he thought of the final. The final. Oh, well, I was just gonna say before we get to the final thing because that that uh, lab scene actually reminded me is I think this movie thought it was funnier than it actually was hmm. because that scene in particular, the joke where Ned is like. Uh, it's like Peter and they all say yes and then they do it like four times I'm like okay I know that's that's fine at first but like this isn't that funny but that was to- the that was the internet meme part so they they knew what they were trying to get out well of no they, f- they physically do the internet meme where them pointing at each other really briefly and like a really quick shot but the the saying the Peter thing like hey Peter I need your ha- Peter and they're all like we're all Peter I don't we're all Peter Okay, yeah, no, we, we know that. Like, we get right. it. Do it once and then move on. Like, don't, that's not a joke you hold on. To me, I think they thought that was funnier than it actually was. So I don't think that this movie was 
super funny when a lot of the other movies before it have had to me laugh out loud moments and this movie just didn't have it what ha- what made me laugh out loud was him cracking his back like to me yeah. that was funny well andrew um, garfield but, you know he was a bit like down on his luck i love how they kept it no no you're amazing like just yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> because he's like ta- I, okay dave you had to love what he was saying uh, so what kind of villains you guys fought oh, he was like so good i'm kind of lame i fought a guy in a rhinoceros machine i was dying <laughs> i was dying when he said that. Like, a guy that was yeah, not a, not a rhinoceros or like a, a lizard or whatever he was like a guy that was in a rhinoceros metal suit like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, even even Tobey Maguire was proud to have fought an alien, but then Tom Holland's like, man, I fought an alien in space. (laughs) You went to space? Well, hold on. I'm I'm still holding on the fact that you fought an alien in space. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and even those funny moments like had heart because even Andrew Garfield, he was like, you know, I've always wanted brothers. And he's like, I love you. And they're just like, thanks. Like, I just... Yeah, I, I love those moments but because those those moments I think worked because you're you have a relationship with these three, whereas the other like tiny things like I just mentioned with the with the Ned thing, those ones didn't work. But the one the stuff between the three of them worked pretty much all the way across the board for me, for sure. Mm. Those are my favorite moments of the whole movie, for sure. And so, Mike, you mentioned Ian. Ian what did you think of the of the action scene at the end now that i thought there? it was an excellent location for a set piece and uh, i believe the captain america shield was mentioned in hawkeye being put up mm-hmm. on statue of liberty so the fact that they smacked that bitch down and was like the the shield being the bitch uh smacked that bitch down and was like <laughs> love the statue of liberty. She's a, we love the statue of liberty she's a very classy lady you know, like, she's smacked, Smack the shield down, basically squashing the idea of like keeping Captain America's shield on Statue of Liberty uh, indefinitely was was a nice touch. But had that being the battleground for the final confrontation between uh, Tom Holland and Willem Dafoe, that really wrapped this up in a bow for me as like it elevated, um, you know, uh, Green Goblin as probably mm-hmm. my favorite Spider-Man villain. Like he was in the comics, one of my favorite villains, but now on the big screen, really selling it as like we knew we loved him from the original Spider-Man, but this kind of hammered it home that like he deserves a, a spot on the anyone's yeah, and, top villain. And list. I think, like I mentioned before, I think they I think they know that they really had something special with him, yeah. whether it's the writing, the performance, all of those things together. I think they know that, and they really did a good job with making that a reality. My my only issue with the with the ending with this final fight scene is why does everything have to happen at night? I could not figure out who was who or what was going on unless it was a close up of one of the Spider-Man. Cause I, how do I know? Like, I know that that Tom Holland's version has the different suit on at eventually, but other than that, like I know at the, at the final, when he's fighting goblin, it's sunrise. Couldn't this whole thing have happened at sunrise so we could see what's going on better? I feel like the only reason why it happened at night was so that Electro's abilities could be flashy and extra, you know. Plus, it's cheaper to do CGI, probably. Yeah, they already spent all the money getting all the actors to come back. That was my issue. Is that it was? It's cool and everything. Like, like it's. I think it's a good. It's a decent scene. Other otherwise, but I did find it too messy and too dark at some points. Yeah. So 
Yeah, my favorite moments in the very end. It's like so we said how you know they got to redeem sort of the actors and bring them back, but I love what yeah. they also did was give these redemption moments for the characters. Yes, and they got they got the Andrew Garfield Spider Man to you know mimic that scene of Gwen Stacy falling this time MJ and he saves her and that saves he's, her, yeah. that ex- and then he that cries ex- his yeah. eyes the expression in his face it just said it all and it was so perfect and having. You know, that paid off us rewatching all those movies because that moment was fresh yeah. in our mind. Yeah. And just the callback to it, you, no words was saying, like nothing like, oh, this is just like when I couldn't save St- Gwen Stacy. It's just because we know that movie well, that moment plays. And then the, and the shots are was, very, very similar too, yeah. right? Yeah. And the other one was um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man being able to save Tom Holland Spider-Man from killing the Goblin, which was like one of the things that he did that he suffered with. That was also like beautiful, and that was amazing, and that's like the perfect setup for these characters, like getting to pay off those those moments and for the characters. Right. The only thing that didn't hit as hard was the Tobey Maguire moment. I think what they could have done without is having him look at Garfield's Spider Man when he was about to do it and sort of like nod at him. So I kind of already knew that he was going to jump in and help. If they just cut that shot out. Then you wouldn't I kinda have knew. expected I kind of knew that's what they were yeah. getting towards. Like they kind of warning him, don't go too dark. But, and, but yeah. zero expectation of it, even though you know maybe you might have seen it coming. Like not showing you, I think would have actually been whether you know it's going to come or not. Just would have been more of a, a surprise. Maybe I'm just looking yeah. for a surprise. Maybe, the, maybe uh, unfortunately, Mike, we knew too much going in, and it was yeah. a different. I wish experience. I saw this. It might have been. Yeah. I might have liked it even more. What oh, I, I think I would have, yeah. Both those men- uh, moments you mentioned, Mike, were that they did kind of bring now Tom Holland's Spider-Man to this point of he's going to finally learn what both of them already know. So, like, we know we know Andrew Garfield. He's probably too far gone at this point. He's probably killed people. Um, Toby Maguire seems like he's stayed true to himself since the first person that died in the first movie, right? Whereas, like, that's why it makes sense that he was the one to kind of stop Tom Holland from doing it. And with with Andrew Garfield, like, it was that moment, like you said, where it was him finally getting to save someone like Gwen Stacy, but in that same way. But it was Tom Holland was going for her. Glider took him out. So he was about to lose someone else he loved dear. And he was so it was it was his like this whole character study of Spider-Man and it's all coming to a head and all three of them meeting is like really going to benefit like Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man ultimately. And the thing forward. they did that I'm so, so glad that they did was they didn't de-age them all and bring them all down to Tom Holland's right. age. Cause they could have done that and that would have been terrible. They actually left them to be older. Yeah. So I guess then, so sort of, sort of wrap up the movie, you know, while this is happening, uh, Dr. Strange is trying to do his spell again to make everyone forget about Spider-Man again, like he's supposed to do in the beginning. Um, and it's like the whole universe is, is like tearing at the seams and you get all these like silhouettes. I want to get the DVD and pause it of all the people who know who Spider-Man is like about to enter into like this multiverse. And it's like thousands of people. I saw like, I yeah, saw, saw like, I recognized like the rhino, legit rhino. Oh, I missed yeah. that. Scorpion. Nice. Yeah. Craven the hunter, I think was there. So that, yeah. And then, so yeah, that was cool. And then, yeah. So Dr. Strange pulls off the spell. Um, Everyone forgets who Spider-Man is, which sends the villains back to their multiverses. I did did confuse me a little bit because it's like the one question I have is: Does everyone forget Spider-Man's identity in every single multiverse? 
<laughs> just, I don't know. No. They don't answer that question. Yeah, I think like point. this is Doctor Strange guess... trying to repair like this world. Yeah, like, but the, but the only away. reason Doc Ock from the Tobey Maguire universe and all the team is because they knew who Spider-Man was in their own universe. Do you yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. They didn't know Tom Holland Spider-Man. So just just erasing the Tom Holland Spider-Man things, I don't see how that kind of makes sense of sending them back. They still well, know. I just think that the energy or whatever was happening that was drawing everyone in was the fact that he needed to pull from the multiverse to make to make sense of this. Anyone in any multiverse that knows who Spider-Man is is being pulled in here, so he would have to erase the memory of everyone every multiverse. That's the way I read it. It only makes sense to be consistent with this with what they were saying from before. That means there's so many but, parallel realities where other villains know who Peter Parker is. Like Scorpion no, it means, and Rhino. It means that, like, yeah, but it also means that, like, Tony McGuire's going to go back to his universe and, like, Mary Jane's going to forget who he is. Like, it makes it super tragic so for all I of the Spider-Mans. I didn't see it like that, but I will say this. Just now, while we were talking about it, thinking about what they could do going forward if we want to get crazy with speculation. Yeah, man, let's I don't do think, it. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever see Tom McGuire and Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man again, let's be real. But yeah, if agree. they were to go back to it, because money talks, right? If they were to, what if, plot twist, they were pulled in at the moment of their deaths without them realizing it, maybe. They were about to die. Ooh. And then now we see them with their newfound knowledge of what happened in No Way Home, be able to get out of that and start their own solo movie. That's a cool idea. I like that. That's not as crazy as you you teed it up to be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then then ultimately you're going to speculate what what happens with Tom Holland, which we kind of, kind of figured. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get to the very, so the whole very end of it is like very much Spider-Man 1 where it's like him and Mary Jane, Mary Jane say they're going to find each other. But then when he finds her with her memory erased, he realizes that she's better off without him, which is the classic Spider-Man story, which I love, which is the classic tragic Spider-Man story. And he has to sort of choose not to follow his heart in order for her and his friend to have like the better life. So then, so then now it's set up for him to truly now, which is the most tragic thing about this whole movie, is now <laughs> you have Spider-Man in the place where I love Spider-Man to be, which is... But he's in awesome. the wrong franchise. Yeah, he doesn't have Tony Stark money. He's got to build his costume from scratch. He's a street-level hero. No one knows who he is. He's on his own. He can now be the real Spider-Man that I remember. He's got but a Lego studio. The, the, the real tragic part is Marvel no longer has his rights. That's so if, he, <laughs> if he does go and be the Spider-Man I want to see, it's going to be in the Sony-verse, which I am very worried about. They have to make another <laughs> deal, right? Like, Yeah. Um, so he can like show up. He can show up as like a secondary character, like Strange did in this movie, but he can't have his own movie. But here's the thing: right he now. would never show up in the MCU unless they made another Spider-Man MCU movie because they've set it up that nobody knows who he is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this, so, this the, the crazy thing about this plot is that it works well for the movie because it, it's it's a perfect plot for the movie. But then it also is a perfect plot for the business rights behind the scenes, like a soft reboot for now. Now no one in the MCU remembers Spider-Man, so they can carry on the MCU movies, never mention Spider-Man again, and it not be weird. It's explained. Uh, in the movie. And Spider-Man can now go off. It's crazy that the, that somehow Kevin Feige pulled this trick but, off of like, our rights are ending. We need to make it make sense in our universe. They made it work. Yes, I am worried. Like, Dave, I'm very worried about what yeah. Sony is going to do with Spider-Man. But at least the MCU is going to track and make sense. Right? You're not going to be asking where Spider-Man in the MCU. Well, Why are people talking well, about Spider-Man? No, where, well, where is he? But where is he? So many things happen in New York, and what? Spider-Man just doesn't 
show up. I mean, I know we kind of got that with Daredevil in this movie. It's like, how did you not know who Daredevil was? So, yeah, it's it'd be I, way I weirder if they have all these movies that interacted with him and knew who all he was. All of a sudden, they don't. He's hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, you're so, right. You're right. I I just between the ending of this movie and that that after that credit scene, it's just like the juxtaposition that the sort of honestly the punch in the dick that you get from watching that scene is <laughs> oh, like are you, are you oh, effing sure. kidding me it's like terrible look i haven't seen the second that second venom movie i i know that it's not great i know the first one was just so so but like the difference in tone the difference in in everything like the only good thing about that that three minute scene that two minute scene is the bartender who is Danny Rojas from Ted, Ted Lasso. That's all that. That's the only thing that saved that scene. That's it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, no, he did look familiar, but I'll tell you, I kind of loved it because I was, I like, I have a real disdain for let there be carnage. Like I was okay with that. First bad, Venom. Eh? <laughs> I made peace with the fact that Venom had nothing to do with Spider-Man and kind of just tried to enjoy for what it was. But the deeper they get into this kind of like, venom just devoid of spider-man origin like i just the less i care and i didn't really care for the carnage storyline so just when i saw because it was actually you power who was like yeah go watch it because you need to watch the the post credit scene and and that's i believe that was done on purpose and it was kind of done as a misdirect right because it was like the i kind of mentioned this in the past but they they tease that he goes into a portal and he winds up in the MCU and there's J. Jonah Jameson revealing Peter Parker as Spider-Man on the news. And you're like, why the fuck would this Venom care? But like, I was legit worried that they were going to ruin No Way Home with Venom being the sixth piece of the puzzle to this whole Sinister Six idea. And they ended up only having five villains. Unless we find out Doctor Strange is a villain. But that's for another day. Um, but no, but they, they ignored this. If, if this was not Marvel Studios in control and this was Sony, we absolutely would have got Sinister Six. I don't think it would have been as good of a movie. And Venom would have been a part and of Venom it. And it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't yeah. have felt earned at all. And so the fact that they even had him in this mid credit scene, Dude, it maybe you're worried sense. about them setting up for a Sony movie that involves both of them. But I was just laughing. Cause like, that's all he got. And thank God we didn't get more. Cause I was just like, I'm yeah. fine with Tom Hardy. Like I'm fine with him trying to be funny and venom and all that. I just don't want it to affect the things that I love, like the MCU and the Spider-Man movies that we've already gotten. So whatever we get, it might be a disaster. At least he wasn't ruining this movie for me. That's what it I doesn't like. even make sense. Because he didn't know Spider-Man's secret identity, so the fact that he got pulled in to the universe doesn't even make sense. Which just makes me, which just goes to show that Sony doesn't know what the hell they're doing with these characters. And Devin Feige is probably like, "No, I control this movie. You're not putting Venom in it. Put him in whatever, like, uh, put him in whatever post-credit scene you want." And the post-credit scene they chose to put him in, neither of them make any goddamn sense. No, that <laughs> is true. But my love for Venom overall is going to keep my head cannon telling me that the symbiote was somehow involved in that transaction. And it was this kind of like cosmic entity that maybe is involved in all of the multiverse and, and was pulled along as, as some, as some, some fiber of the symbiote's yeah, being knows about it. The drop behind. Because I'm surprised be you guys haven't mentioned something else that's even more plot holy than the Venom of it all. Well, that, yeah, okay, let's get to that. But as soon as we, I just want to think about something, Venom, the plot, the, 
the left behind of the little goo in the MCU also makes no goddamn sense because the MCU the MCU doesn't own the rights to Spider-Man characters anymore. That is never going to pay off in the MCU ever. Uh, maybe never like say never, find, but maybe yeah. never say never. Yeah, well, must find a way. There's no way, but it's that's fair. until until they come to some rights agreement. That's so the fact, like, it just it's it's not thought out at all. It makes zero sense, right? It's yeah. It doesn't. It's we got to in the MCU as well as in the Sony verse, like. Maybe it's me clinging to hope, but that little bit of uh, venom goo symbiote was was it was pretty exciting for me. I'm not gonna lie. They're, they're so gonna you do want, so you want venom in the MCU without Spider Man? No, I, I want, just want venom want, in the MCU. I want a legit venom in the MCU. Wow, no. yeah. but they don't have Spider Man. They, like they don't have the they'll only the kind Spider-Man. of bring that back if they find a way to because yeah, to make it work. Don't, yeah. don't remember. Yeah, we don't know what happens Maybe. behind closed doors. So if they do go like the Miles Morales route. And maybe they said, okay, there's some sort of shared deal where, like, maybe you get Tom Holland for X number of pictures, but we get to develop a different Spider-Man in the MCU. If they develop, like, a Miles Morales and do a Venom origin with him, I'll be fine with that. As long as it's connected to Spider-Man in some way, I'll be there's more no fine way with that. Sony than the original is giving Venom Marvel Miles Morales. There's no way. I mean, I would Electro, love to Electro talked about it. Electro mentioned it. He said it he earlier happen, in the movie. But he will, it will happen in Sony's control, which, I, which yeah. I'm very worried about. He's Anyways. like, I just, I just thought you're helping everybody in Queens and you, uh, whatever. He is. I, just, <laughs> I, just thought, I just thought you'd be black. <laughs> Speaking of Electro, I'm surprised either of you haven't, and I don't want to try and ruin any, any surprises for you, but I'm surprised any of you haven't mentioned like well how did he get pulled into all this because he thought that peter parker was black hmm. he well, didn't I, know. Said, I think he said i he can explain it away no, in that i think that him working with uh harry means that he knew the identity of peter of spider-man being peter parker but he had never actually met him right like, right yeah that makes yeah that could that could make sense yeah, yeah but, so I, but I think i think that comment was like it was more so for the the Miles nod Miles. to Miles Morales, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But that's fair. I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, was there another plot hole thing you were mentioning there, Ian? I it was just because, like, out of everyone, like, it was pulling in only people that knew who Peter Parker was. So, so like, they never really in Sp- Amazing Spider-Man two explore that Jamie Foxx knows Peter Parker. He just knows Spider-Man. So, but you're but, right. But I'm the glad Stacey that they that brought him along because I felt that. His character provided a little levity and comic relief mm-hmm. among all the another another part that was act, was was actually funny. Again, it's it's more of like these characters bouncing off each other than it was other moments. Was uh, how did you get your powers? Oh, I fell into a pool of eels. Got to be careful where you fall, man. <laughs> I love that because they made a point to mention how ridiculous the pool of eels was, and they did it twice. Yeah. Until yeah, that'll happen. Like he knows how ridiculous the Spider-Man villains are. But it, right? it's not, yeah, it's not even just the movie. They're not even just commenting on movie. They're coming commenting on comics in general, right? That that's just like a thing that has happened for decades. I think that's that was great. That's a really yeah. good sort of. I don't right. even know if it's a deep cut. It's hard to tell. <laughs> Before we go, we gotta hear um, everyone. Where does it fit in your? Where does this movie fit in your Spider-Man rankings? So I need to. I need to watch Homecoming again because I'm not sure if this is ahead of Homecoming or just below it. Those are the two spots that that would okay. trade. But I, I where is Homecoming right now? For me, honestly, it's my favorite one. Oh, yeah. okay. So th- this is fighting for 
top or second spot. Yeah, so I think, or maybe third, because I really do enjoy Spider-Man 2. Um, and and it's, it's hard for me to, to rank all the Spider-Man movies, because again, I do really like the first Andrew Garfield movie. Like, I do like The Amazing Spider-Man, um, mainly because of him. But I think that, yeah, I, like overall, I don't love these three movies as much as I love the first two Tobey Maguire movies. But like, there's just there's just like aspects of each movie that I think is better than another trilogy or another set of Spider-Man. So yeah, this would be one, two, or three probably for sure. Yeah. Right. Ian. Yeah, uh, I love this movie, and uh, now that I've seen it a couple times, I can firmly say it is my favorite Spider-Man movie to date. It captures a lot oh. of what I love about the character. I've read a lot of Spider-Man comics in my day. I know how crazy and wild they can get. I think they swung for the fences with this one, but they also hit it out of the park. So uh, definitely makes my top five MCU. I had, I had Far From Home at number four, so this would take my number four spot putting far from home at number five nice wow so awesome. yeah it's it's like so like me you are high on this trilogy in general like this yeah and, trilogy. and gave us like a live action spider-verse after which i never thought would be doable in this manner like watching spider-verse and it's magnificent as an animated movie like i love everything about that movie but when you try and think of them trying to do that type of thing in live action it seems almost impossible but this one in my opinion did it better for way for reasons because we were invested with those. So characters. is Spider Verse is Spider Verse part of this conversation? Because that's number one, yes. no matter what. Oh, okay, then Spider-Verse that's that's number one. So th- there's no way that any of the movies beat that for me. So this is two, three, or four, not one, two, or three. Okay. Yeah, I believe, it, like Ian said, it's infinitely harder to do it in live action to do a Spider Verse, a multiverse thing in live action. So for that, for me, it gets more points. And because in a Spider Verse, it's a multiverse, but like you didn't see the other characters before in two or three of their own movies and so to pull that off is crazy so this to me edges out spider-verse as my second favorite and spider-man 2 is still my favorite so spider-man 2 then far from home and then spider-verse for me yeah Yeah, when i meant four and five i was talking mcu rankings because i put the mcu on a holy uh, pedestal so (laughs) that's gonna be a lot harder for me to to pinpoint this one it's Mm -hmm. it's it could be top 10. I think it's probably top 10. I think that's pretty safe to this say. This is definitely in my exactly top 10 where. for MCU. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. overall, we real, we're all really high in this movie. And yeah. It's, it, it, it definitely lived up to the hype. It's definitely worth uh, going back and listening to our reviews of all the other Spider-Man franchises. You know, it, I think really paid off us rewatching those movies. Like, yeah, you can kind of tell we kind of knew stuff was going to happen in this movie. I, you know, we didn't know exactly what's going to happen. But uh, it paid off. Like we're thinking of doing the same thing for the Batman movies with Flash. Yeah. So, so that's the other thing. So up next, we're going to uh, two out of the three of us. Once again, I am the last one to see this movie. Two out of the three of us at this point have seen uh, the Batman, and we're all going to. We've all now um, ventured to the theater over the last few months, and are going to review that. We're hopefully going to have uh, Lauren Romo back as a special guest to review that movie and talk about it. But then after that, we're going to work our way through the rest of the live action Batman movies, starting with the Tim Burton versions and then working through Schumacher. Uh, we'll, we'll consider the, the, uh, the other, the, the newer ones as well, Nolan like Dark ones. Knight and all that stuff. Yeah. The Nolan ones. We'll see. I mean, I think they're, they're really recent and we have talked about them a decent amount, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Um, 
but uh, but we've gone through Spider-Man, and I think, like you said, it really helps. And while the Batman isn't a multiverse of Batman, I think it'll still actually be cool to kind of watch all those other ones. Because for me personally, I haven't seen even Batman Begins in over 10 years. And uh, I think watching all the Schumacher and Tim Burton versions as well are, are going to be, I don't know, they're going to be eye-opening. They're going to be fun. Like they're, it's going to be cool to go back to those because they're so different than than what we're getting now. They really are. And, you know, I, I kind of get defensive when people start to judge, like, you can judge any movie by any means you wish, but, like, you're looking at 89, 92, those Keaton Batman films, and people are trying to hold them up to, like, stuff we're getting today. I mean, like, they were just completely different decades. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just love the... There's a lot of symmetry. I talk, we're talking multiverse today, so I see a lot, a big parallel universe here. I've mentioned this on Twitter, but uh, between Danny Elfman and Michael Giacchino, we got Danny Elfman doing both the original Batman and original Spider-Man scores, and now in today's age, we got Giacchino just did the No Way Home, the entire uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man trilogy, actually, and now he's done the Batman. So there's a lot of. Uh, cool like career choices from both of those great composers that are uh, it's been <laughs> fun to watch as we go through spider-man rewatch and now batman rewatch so it's a lot of cool parallels there and speaking of the multiverse i also like how this movie kind of gives a capper to the spider-man story and is handing the torch off to this kind of expanded doctor strange story and yes. uh, you know combining uh spider-man no way home with things like wandavision to give us like and Loki, of course, because it sets up the rules of the multiverse. But just this idea that we're going to dive way deeper into this crazy world of uh, madness, multiverse of madness. So I'm really excited for everything all, to come this year. Lots to all, cover on this All the madness to come, lots to cover. We're going to do that. We're going to do Batman, like we said. we got Moon Knight coming up as well, which is something we're going to cover on the main feed and in Patreon. Mike, where's everyone found, finding our stuff? So... At day back in on social media is where you can find all that great stuff. And we have a uh, Patreon page, patreon.com slash back in my day. And uh, find us on any podcast app you choose uh, or on all the popular podcast apps, uh, rank, review, subscribe, tell your friends. And we appreciate you listening. That's it, gentlemen. Thank you very much. And uh, Ian, thank you for your patience, sir. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like three months or something. Like, geez. (laughs) Just saying, the hat speaks truths. Hashtag Aggie hat. Look it up because it's true. <laughs> it's all true. It's all coming to a head. All right, guys. Moon Knight, Batman, and a whole lot more of 1997 stuff coming up. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Anybody call for a web slinger?